Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. morning footy well it's always a good sign on this show when a guest wants to return and pay us a visit we have brandon vasquez joining us for what will be his third appearance on morning footy brandon vasquez how does it feel to be a basically a, a series regular now I mean, amazing. I, I love uh, talking to you guys, so it's always fun whenever I'm here. Hey, Brandon, let me tell you something. <laughs> Ever since you started coming on Morning Footy, the Brandon Vasquez stock has gotten even higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I got to start coming on here more often. Uh, we're, we're happy to give you a regular role. You can be like our official U.S. Men's National Team correspondent. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> we'll talk to Kyra about that. Yes, all right. Nice. Yes, exactly. We'll, we'll take that off camera. Um, Brandon, you were the lone goal scorer for the U.S. in that match against Jamaica. And that was your first really meaningful goal for the U.S. men's national team. That match also cap-tied you with the U.S. Can you kind of walk us through what you were feeling on that day after you scored that goal in that match? Yeah, I mean, I was feeling incredible um, to come in and be able to make a difference in a game like that. Um, it obviously feels amazing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it was an important game for me to come on. Um, we're down 1-0, so to be able to come in and make a difference, it's, uh, it means the world. And, obviously, I want to help this team succeed as much as possible. So that's the only thing I have on my mind. Brendan, now that, that match cap ties you to the U.S., what, what do you think you have to do now to impress the new coach coming in to, you know, just uh, opportunities? Yeah, um, I would say just keep playing the way I play, you know. I know the qualities that I have. The, this coaching staff knows the quality that I have. So um, just keep helping the team win, scoring goals. Um, that's my job. So as long as I can keep doing that, I, uh, I think I could be a part of this team. Brandon, for you to come in as a substitute in the 82nd minute, what's going on during those 82 minutes? Then you go on and there's about six minutes and then you score the goal. Are you studying what Jamaica's doing exactly, visualizing what you're going to do when you come onto the pitch in that position? Or how, how does that go? Yeah, exactly. A little bit of everything. You know, before the game, looking a, a lot at what uh, Jamaica does, their back line, their defenders, their tendencies. And, you know, um, in the first 82 minutes, I think we created a lot of opportunities on goal that, were pretty clear uh, chances to score. So uh, when I was coming in, I was just thinking to myself, just uh, be in good positions, be dangerous, um, and uh, I'll get an opportunity. And as soon as I had one, I put it in the back of the net. 
Brendan, so the narrative around the U.S. men's national team, especially at the nine position, um, has kind of been this desperation to find that nine, right? And there's a lot of names in, in the mix. Balogun, Pepe, Ferreira, Brandon Vasquez scoring against Jamaica. What's competition in camp like to kind of get a grasp on that number nine position? You know, that's a good question. Um, obviously, training sessions are super intense. Quality is uh, top-notch. Uh, so really all I'm thinking about is is giving my best um, scoring, and that's all I can do, you know. Um, that's my job, and if I can do that, then I'll give myself uh, the best shot I, I can to, to be in that position. Um, like I said, I just want to help this team win. Um, so that's all that I have on my mind, yeah. Brandon, we've been pretty impressed with what we've seen uh, from B.J. Callahan, who's obviously serving as the, the interim head coach. Can you kind of give us your impression and what, it, what has it been like working with him during this stretch? Yeah, working with him has been, has been awesome. You know, um, he's, he's incredible with the team. He's incredible with all the players. Um, you, can, you can see all the respect that every single player has towards him. So um, everything goes hand in hand, you know. Um, and the way uh, we've been playing under him has also been uh, the same that we have been, or the U.S. has been playing for the past couple of years. So um, I think it's been only getting better and better. You know, you're now tied with B.J. Callahan for the most morning footy appearances. <laughs> so you're going to have to come back on just to beat him. Uh, but I do want to ask <laughs> what it's like being coached by somebody who – got this big opportunity he seems like he has a great relationship with the players is there anything in particular that you think he does differently or that you really like that he that bj callahan does as a coach you know i think he uh he does the just the clarity that he wants in our play every single time we step onto the pitch um everybody knows their roles and that uh everybody steps up into them so um it's incredible the way he can he can make it very clear so that it's ingrained in each one of us what we have to do in the game um, and not really think about it too much. It's just everybody's on the same page and everybody's doing it simultaneously. How important is that, though? Because a lot of coaches have these ideas in their head, and we've seen it in MLS where coaches have come out. I think Bob Bradley said, you know, I have these ideas, but if the players don't understand me, they don't understand me. That's on them. To have somebody that speaks to the player in a way that they fully can grasp what is being asked of them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's great to be a part of um, because it's just, it just feels easy whenever he's explaining things, whenever all the players around you are doing exactly what he's asking of. Um, it makes it very clear, especially as a forward, what I have to do. Um, and being in the, in the front press, you know, it all starts with me as well. Um, or it all starts with the number nine. So um, it all it all is triggers about what I'm doing and everybody else follows and everybody's done an incredible job on that. Brandon, tonight it's the game against St. Kitts and Nevis. And I'm gonna, if I ask you a question a certain way, your answer is going to be like, no, we take every rival seriously in the opposition. We got to take it with as if it was anybody else. But the reality of the situation is that they are not a high-caliber opponent. So let me rephrase it this way, because it's impossible not to know that going into the match. And of course, you're going to take it on with 100% seriousness. So how is it that in the game, even if you might not be playing top quality, uh, a top-quality opponent, how do you keep that focus or convince yourself 
to say, we got to play this game, and even though we know we're going to win this game, we got to play it 100%. Yeah, exactly how you said. Like, everybody's going to step out there and, and, and show what they have. Um, everybody on this team is still trying to earn a spot, and I think the only way you can is um, giving it your all every game, and that's being relentless, having no mercy, um, and, you know, Winning is the expectation. There's nothing else on our mind besides that. And um, <laughs> like you said, it's just we're not going to give them an ounce. We're going to go out and give everything we have. Okay, Brandon, I have a, a question for you, an MLS-related question. I want you to be 100% honest with me, okay? So over the weekend, Cincinnati broke their massive uh, unbeaten streak against DC. Obviously you and teammate Matt Miazga were not there. When you're, when you're following along and watching these, are you like, no, like I can't believe we lost, but is there a part of you that's like, yeah, they obviously need me. I need to be out on that pitch for <laughs> us to win. How do you, how, how do you what's, what's going through your head when you're watching that scenario on play? You know, I think the, I think that that one hasn't crossed my mind of the, ah, oh, they need me, you know. <laughs> um, it's obviously I want Cincinnati to be winning um, even when we're not there. You know, I think the group has the capabilities to do so as well. Just the game before we had won 3-0 at home. Um, so I think it's just one of those uh, stepping stones to learn and keep growing from. Um, they play again uh, on Saturday, so... I just want them to win. You know, I want what's best for Cincinnati. And uh, I think we can win the Supporters Shield this year. So we just need to keep batting up points. I want to ask, what's it going to be like when you score against Mexico? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you know, I'm going to celebrate it like how I celebrate every other goal. You know, I guess you can see the passion that I have whenever I score a goal. So um, it'll, it'll mean just as much. Brandon, I, I want to ask you kind of like a, a top-level, big-picture question now. Like, what, what are your hopes and dreams for yourself? You know, like, I, it's kind of like an interview question. Like, where do you see yourself in, in five years? Like, where will we be seeing Brandon Vasquez in two years' time, a year's time? What, are you, what do you hope for yourself and your career? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my whole life, I've, I've pictured myself um, going to Europe. I've strived to go to Europe making that jump over there. Um, that's still my goal today. And uh, obviously I want to work towards making that 2026 World Cup roster here on, on uh, U.S. soil. That would be an incredible way to, to make a debut at the World Cup. And and that's on an international level. Um, but on club level, yeah, I definitely uh, try to go to Europe. Okay, same question, but if it had nothing to do with soccer in your personal life, what are your hopes and dreams? On my personal life, um, have a family, you know, have kids. Uh, I see teammates taking their kids and their wives onto a pitch after games at home um, uh, at CQL Stadium in Cincinnati. And, you know, like it, it's just a, an incredible thing to see. You know, it's something really special. And obviously uh, I want that, too. Why have kids? Get more Cuban link chains. <laughs> it was just thicker ones. Maybe a couple more out. on the way. Maybe a couple more on the way, but a little bit of both. Why not? There you go. Uh, Brandon Vasquez, thank you so much for joining us. Once again on Morning Footy, you, you have an open invitation, my friend. Come back anytime. 
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, best of luck. Gotta come in studio. Yeah, we gotta get you in studio next. We'll make that happen. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks so much, Brandon. Um, We are going to take a break on Morning Footy, but plenty more to come when we return. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Group stage of the NWSL Challenge Cup resumes today. Here's a look at the matches on tap. Orlando versus Gotham FC. That match postponed due to some travel issues. Uh, But we've got Angel City taking on San Diego at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Followed up by Portland and OL Reign. That game at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the Galazzo Network. Um, So what is the Challenge Cup? We've kind of run through this before, but for those of you um, that are unfamiliar, this is a six-week tournament that runs concurrently with the NWSL season. Three groups of four teams will play home and away legs um, following the group play. The top four teams will face off in the semis, and the final will happen on September 9th. All of these matches, by the way, you can watch on uh, Paramount Plus and CBS Sports Network uh, channels. And the big deal here, though, is the million-dollar prize. It's a huge, huge, huge prize pool. So this matters for a lot of teams. Um, But it's an interesting one because it is played concurrently with their season, and these midweek matches can kind of throw a wrench into some plans. But let's dive into some of these matchups today, starting with the Cascadia rivalry between the Thorns and O.L. Reign. Two very, very strong teams. Jenny Chu, what do you think of this matchup? Well, first of all, when we talk about this matchup, or all things in NWSL right now, all of the players that are going to the World Cup have basically been released by their teams. So that changes the dynamic of all of these teams that have lost players. Um, Specifically, Portland Thorns, they lost, obviously, Sophia Smith, Christine St. Clair, uh, Hina Sagita to Japan. I mean, there's a ton of players there. So uh, Adriana Leon. There you go. For Canada. There, and all Reigns got Angelina, Lana Cook, Sofia Huerta, Jordan Heidemann, Rose Lavelle. list goes on and on. Continue. I want to ask no, you a question that afterwards. No, beautiful. But, but the thing is, who steps up in those positions, right? And we talk about Thorns have had depth, but they haven't really had to use it that much because yeah. those players have been available. Right now, going to the Challenge Cup, trying to preview this is going to be a little bit difficult because we haven't seen a full team without all of their players. Right. We were leaning on depth for the Challenge Cup, mm-hmm. but you didn't have to yeah. play all of your players. So now there are some teams that are going to be missing such massive mainstays. Um, so it's going to be completely different. Also, do they get the money? If you're in the World <laughs> Cup and, you, and your team wins the Challenge Cup and you miss some of those games, should you win that? Should you get part of that money? Uh, they were part, yes. ju- just like Messi has a, a Champions wall. League hey, winning medal. You win the medal. I'm not talking about the medal. The I'm final, talking about the money. The final <laughs> is in September. Yeah, there's so time. There's, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's it, like a, a big match to get your team tournament. through a group. It's, it's, it's no. interesting, but, but obviously on the old, sorry, go ahead. No, the question is that 
yes, a lot of these players, the, the, the stars on all of these teams in the Challenge Cup are gone. But mostly at the beginning of this group stage, the teams have been rotating and rotating heavily. Like, just say there was no World Cup, I don't know if those stars would have been playing tonight. Right. Do you, like, what do you expect in, in the sake of rotation at this point? Oh, from you have to rotate. You have to rotate. And we've seen a lot of these players, like, in glimpses, but they haven't really gotten as much time as you want them to see. Um, Reina Reyes on Portland. Morgan Weaver has been scoring goals for Portland every time she gets the opportunity, but she's overshadowed by somebody like uh, Sophia Smith, and now it's her time to kind of shine and, and show what she has to do there. Obviously... Rocky Rodriguez is also going to be at the World Cup for right. Costa Rica. That's something that you know, we haven't really mentioned much. So they're missing a ton of players, obviously. They are um, stacked. Olivia Moultrie, that young player on Portland, is going to oh, get yeah. her opportunity yeah. um, more shine. so than she ever has. Yeah. When we talk about O.L. Reign, they're missing a ton, ton of players as well. They've got like five players and missing, I think. Exactly. They have the most U.S. women's national team players on their roster, and they also have Canada players. Um, but... Bethany Balser for Oral Rain has been massive. She we talked about her she goals. Did you have a brace? Yes, she just had a yeah. brace. Look at your memory, Susanna. That's right. um, but she's going to have to carry a lot of weight for that team because mm -hmm. they'll be missing a ton of players as well. So this dynamic, this game is going to look completely different yeah. than anything we've seen because they're really without players. And then we talk about that. I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't dropped a Sam Coffey reference yet. You know what? I mean, maybe you think, she'll right. actually, you think she'll actually start, though? Consider, this, is, this is where I'm going with the rotation right. question. Right, will complete Right, because of course she's a starter for Portland, but... I mean, it, the thing I, about these mid the players. Yes, the thing about these midweek games is sometimes these teams are playing three matches in one week. Yeah. So that rotation also comes into play that if Sam Coffey has played 90 minutes in the league play, will she play in the midweek and then the league play again? I don't know. You know, we, we have to depend on the coach for that. But when we talk about O.L. Reign... Sierra King has been massive for them, and she's going to get more of an opportunity to show her stuff. Ryan Brown as well. These are players that we saw during, well, Ryan Brown specifically, saw during the Challenge Cup matches and when there's depth, and she has been amazing on that um, defender role. So they're losing a ton of defenders. Yeah. The dynamic of this game is not really something that I can be like, this is what's going to happen because right. we're going to see so many new players. But it's always good between these two teams. It, oh. Because it's a Cascadia rivalry. And there's it's another just, rivalry yeah. today as well. So Cal. Let's yep. head down to I have a question. Cal. Before we move on, yeah. I, I want to chime in a little bit on coffee. Who do you think likes coffee more, Jenny or Alexis? Yeah. <laughs> Who needs coffee more, me or, <laughs> or the team? Sam Coffee. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you're talking about the drinking coffee, but Sam Coffee is someone who should have been on this roster, oh, and I will I continue know. saying it. And when we see the world, so you think coffee know, is necessary? Does she know how good <laughs> of a fan? Yeah. You I don't think her. so. I, don't I feel think like so. like you are like her her biggest hype man. Right? I, you I don't think you're she knows PR. I exist. I you're don't think she knows I exist. Her. But <laughs> this needs to change. Play, yeah. Well, we should get her on the show. Yes, at point, so absolutely. That I really appreciate her play. And if something happens, you know, with the U.S. Women's National Team during the World Cup, where you mm -hmm. need someone like Sam Coffey to come in, yeah. I'm going to make myself known that I I think so. you should. I also think the I teams in the Challenge Cup specifically that are missing players, I, we got to talk about Racing Louisville, won all three of their games and are missing, I don't know what happened there, <laughs> are missing Savannah DeMello, which is huge. Yep. Yeah. Huge. No, it's a big they're the only team that won all three. Yeah, no, the, the Challenge Cup matches are a completely different dynamic. They are. Seen. Yeah. But Angel City and San Diego, just really quickly talking about the players that were missing. Do you want to read them off? The players that are missing for Angel City? Julie Ertz, Alyssa Thompson. Great. Not too many. And San Diego. Alex Morgan. Germa. But you guys are only talking the U.S. There's Sophia also Jacobson. Allie Riley has gone for Angel City in their back line, and she's important for them. No. Uh, Emily Van Egmond gone for San Diego Wave as well. And the goalkeeper, uh, your favorite, Sheridan. Yeah, gone. Mm. Gone Canada. for Canada. So, again, <coughs> those are all starters 
important players that are going to be gone for the next month. Jenny, it's interesting, too, because um, for Angel City, we've talked about how it just hasn't really come together mm. for them this year. And so how certain teams, if they're not doing well in the regular season, the Challenge Cup can be that sort of, um, I don't know, device or instrument to kind of like right the ship a little bit midway. Or is, maybe even the saving grace of their season. Exactly, exactly. Is right. this, I mean, do you think that for Angel City, do you see do you see enough talent on that team that perhaps they can this could be an opportunity for them to to sort of turn things around? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, it, it always is for any team. But I think the biggest thing about Angel City you mentioned in two, two weeks ago they fired their head coach. Yeah. And um, their um, assistant stepped up. So Freya Kum has been fired two weeks ago. Things have are supposedly supposed to change. They were in 11th place in a 12-team league when they fired her, mm. and they. Yeah, so when, when it comes to that, Angel City beat San Diego 2-1 on the road in an NWSL game last a couple days ago. So it's going to be interesting. How, how important for Angel City is Claire Emsley going to be? I know that she Huge. didn't play at the weekend because of her injury, but if she's healthy again, how important is she going to be for the setup while the main players are gone? Massively. Um, Claire Emsley played at Orlando when I worked there, and I had no idea what she, who she was, and now she's really made an impact in, in the NWSL. All of these How players? ignorant of you, Jenny. Yeah, you should know everyone at all times. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> um, no, but I, I think it's, it's going to get us an opportunity to see players that we don't usually get to see and shine yeah. a light on them in a way that we, we don't really get to because Sophia Smith is scoring hat tricks every week, you know. So it's going to be great to, to kind of explore that and to see, to, I don't know, there's players like Messiah, Messiah Bright on Orlando that I want to talk about more and I want to see her more, but obviously when we talk about Orlando, there's Marta to talk about, or, or the Brazilians that, that mm -hmm. have been doing so well. Um, so For Angel City specifically, if you're not winning with Juilliards and Alyssa Thompson in there, you ain't winning well, without them. Right, so you know Savannah I mean? McCaskill is going to have to take, oh, Sydney LaRue has just come back yeah. for um, right. Angel City, so yeah. she scored in that last game. You reacted as if she just came back right this moment. Like you she just, just got heard here. No, I just here. remembered, yeah. you know, when we talk about yeah. who is going to have to step up in those moments, I'm like, there's so many players that I get excited about that will get an opportunity to shine. So Sydney LaRue coming yeah. back is important. McCaskill's a good shot, too. McCaskill. She's scoring some goals, so she's going to be very necessary. Also, million dollars. A million dollar prize. Yes. Yeah. That's something. I know these players are definitely thinking about it. You know, if there's not enough players, I might sign on to the team to like tie <laughs> shoes just so I get a piece of this million just dollars. To tie just shoes. Just a little, just a little nugget. Jenny, that's like five nickels <laughs> yeah, worth yeah, yeah. of work. Yeah, you'll get it some of that million for tying oh, shoes. <laughs> great stuff. Uh, Jenny, thanks for stopping by the desk. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Um, well, we are very, very excited because the transfer window is opening soon and there is a lot to dive into. And right now we welcome in the one and only Fabrizio Romano. You are in, you are in Madrid, Fabrizio, is that correct? Sorry, I'm in Madrid. Madrid. I'm in Spain oh, okay. now, right now. Do you want? Is this on a vacation? Or are you in in full vacation. on vacation? On work vacation. This, uh, vacation for me is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible. No, no, just to meet with some of my sources. Uh -huh. It's Ooh. needed during the transfer window. Ooh, okay. So how much? How much are you jetting around? I can't say more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it depends. It depends by the moment. But in this moment, it's really crucial to go around. You know, like London, Madrid, sometimes to be in direct contact with some sources. Mm. He's the so it's all about the sources. You huh? know, you gotta. Journalism. Exactly. Right FaceTime matters. Okay, Fabrizio, we've got so many questions, um, <laughs> and we're hoping that you have the, the answers. I'm going to start. Um, we've been hearing a lot about these Harry Kane, Bayern Munich rumors, um, maybe p potentially picking up some steam. What can you tell us? What's the latest there? 
Yeah, Bayern made the first proposal for Harry Kane, and this is important because when you submit an official bid, it means that you have the green light on the player side. Of course, between top clubs, this is how it works. And so Bayern know that Harry Kane would be keen on the move, would be open to joining Bayern this summer. But it's also true that from Tottenham, at the moment, they have no intention to accept. The opening bid was 70 million euros plus ons And again, from Tottenham, it was a no. And the intention on Tottenham's side is to keep the player, to convince the player to sign a new deal. So Tottenham are going to fight to keep Harry Kane at the club. But the intention of Bayern is to try again. So I expect them to beat the game in the next days to try to tempt Tottenham with a better proposal. And so Bayern really want Harry Kane, but as always with Tottenham and with the chairman, Daniel Levy, is never easy. Fabrizio, their North London rival, Arsenal, are doing something that's not very Arsenal-like and getting a lot of business done early, including the likes of potentially Declan Rice. I'm hearing Manchester City are out of the running for him. What's the latest you've heard? Yeah, today morning, a few hours ago here in uh, in Europe, Manchester City communicated to West Ham that they are not going to bid anymore for Declan Rice. They had a bid rejected for £80 million plus 10 in a don'ts, but West Ham said no, they always wanted something around £100 million. And yesterday night, Arsenal sent that kind of bid, £100 million guaranteed fee plus five in a don'ts. So Arsenal are really close to signing Declan Rice. It's just about the payment terms now, the deal structure, how many years to pay that fee, but everything is really close between Declan Rice and Arsenal. Of course, they have an agreement with the player who is very keen on joining Arsenal, and Mikel Arteta is doing an incredible job on this one because he's calling the player, uh, he's pushing also internally to have Declan Rice as soon as possible. And so I think it's a matter of time now. Could be today, could be tomorrow, but Declan Rice and Arsenal are really close and it's a matter of final details and then the deal will be done. Well, ciao, Fab. Good to see you again, my friend. It's been a while. Let's switch ciao. over to the U.S. men's national team. Ricardo Pepe to PSV. What are the details of this move and how much of a role did U.S. former U.S. men's national team sporting director and current PSV sporting director Ernie Stewart play in getting Pepe over there? Yeah, he really wanted to go to PSV, you know. He had many possibilities, some Italian club, also some English club, and also some other Dutch club, because also Feyenoord wanted Ricardo Pepe. But he had a conversation with the new manager, Peter Boss, at PSV Eindhoven. He had very positive conversations on club side, and he's convinced that Eredivisie, first of all, is the best league for him. And this manager could be the best one to uh, improve his skills and to become a top striker on European level. So this is why Ricardo Pepe decided to go to Feyenoord. The deal is done. It's agreed between clubs, something around 10, 11 million euros and he's also agreed on player side. He only wanted PSV, so I expect the official statement very soon. It's going to be this week, and so Pepe is staying in the Divisie as he really wanted after having a very good long spell at Groningen. Okay, sticking with the American theme, what about Yunus Musa with Valencia, who fought relegation for the majority of last season? Is that player looking to kind of refresh and, and start somewhere else? Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, I can tell you that in January, Chelsea wanted Yunus Musa. They were really serious on this one. They wanted to bid for Yunus Musa, but Valencia said, no way, the player is going nowhere. We need him to stay in La Liga and to fight uh, with, uh, with Yunus Musa as one of the key players. So for Chelsea, it was impossible to proceed. Now is a Similan, because Milan are in concrete mm. talks with Valencia for Yunus Musa. They know that the player is keen on the move. And Milan are going to submit an official bid, I'm told. Could be today or could be tomorrow, but they are in direct contact with Valencia. They feel that fee around 20 million euros could be enough to sign Yunus Musa. And so keep an eye on Milan, because after Loftus-Cheek, who is joining Milan from Chelsea, it's a done deal, medical tomorrow, I think also Yunus Musa could be the next signing after they sold Sandro Tonali to Newcastle. I mean, you just mentioned Milan, and it's inevitable to talk about Pulisic, because the links 
of Pulisic to Milan are feel like they're getting stronger every day from Italian press. So might they be uniting in, in Italy, the, the two Americans? Yeah, it's a possibility. It's a possibility because Milan are negotiating with Chelsea. So there is a direct conversation. Of course, they closed the Loftus-Cheek deal and the relationship between Milan and Chelsea with American ownerships is very good. It's also true that at the moment there is still no agreement on the fee. Chelsea want around 30 million euros for Christian Pulisic. They know that also other clubs are keen on signing him, including Olympique Lyon in, uh, in Ligue 1. Milan don't want to spend more than 15, 17 million euros. So there is a big gap at the moment between Milan and Chelsea. But the conversation continued. The relationship is good. And so let's see how this negotiation will, will continue in the next days. But for sure, Pulisic is on Milan list and could be one of the options for them. Fab, last question from me. Manchester United and goalkeeper David De Gea seem to be at odds. Where do things stand with his potential contract? And what are some potential other destinations if this deal falls through? So this is a very strange story, honestly. One of the strangest, I think, in this summer transfer window because it was almost done. The contract extension of David De Gea with Manchester United was almost completed. End of March, beginning of April, everything agreed. Also, Eric Ten Hag was going public and say, we will keep David De Gea. We want David De Gea to be our goalkeeper next season. So everything was almost done. Then what happened? May United decided to change terms of the contract they originally offered to David De Gea. And this is why, at the moment, they still don't have any green light to proceed with David De Gea to stay at the club. So it's still on but it's still complicated because Manchester United have to make a final decision I think this week over this David De Gea situation about the player keep an eye on Saudi again because Saudi clubs are buying many important players uh, there are negotiations with many many European top stars and David De Gea is one of them so they are approaching the representatives of David De Gea this could be a possibility to make a bid but De Gea priority has always been Man United so he's still hoping to stay at United let's see what the club will decide because it's on the club the player is keen on staying at Man United one, I just want to say, uh, close your window, because I think that Fly is trying to steal transfer uh, secrets from you. <laughs> uh, they're trying to scoop you, Fab. I don't want that to happen. Uh, two, James, James Madison, not the biggest name going to Tottenham. Uh, tell me a little bit about that transfer, why they did it, and do you think that's enough for Harry Kane to potentially want to stay? Because I don't think so. I'm not sure it's going to be enough, but I'm sure that they want to do more because James Madison is a done deal. Uh, today in the morning, they reached an agreement with Leicester. is £40 million for James Madison. He will have a medical later today, and then the deal will be official. But this is an important one for Tottenham because they were in a big fight with Newcastle to sign Madison, and now they won this race, so Madison is, is joining very soon. They will not stop because they also want other players, including a new centre-back, and Miki van de Ven from Wolfsburg is a concrete option alongside Edmond Tapsoba, who is playing for Bayer Leverkusen. So they want to sign an important centre-back. They have a new goalkeeper in Guglielmo Vicario, who did fantastic in Serie A last season with Empoli, and now he's joining Tottenham. So they will continue. They will keep going. They want also something else in the attacking positions. I'm sure that Tottenham will be very active this summer and still hoping to keep Eric Kane at the club. Any chance Cameron uh, Carter Vickers reunites with both Tottenham and his former manager from Celtic? Mm. He, he's big fan. He's big fan of, like, of course, Sancho Postacoglu is big fan of the player. But at the moment, I'm told that the priorities are different. I think also he doesn't want to kind of disturb Celtic as he has great relationship with the club, with the fans. And so I'm sure they're looking at different players also due to that reason. Uh, Fabrizio, great stuff. Thank you, as always, for your time. We're going to send a fly swatter over to uh, <laughs> for you. Take care of business Thank over you. there. Uh, guys, we have some, some soccer to look forward to today. Here's a look at your Wednesday footy fix. Italy, Norway, 2.45 p.m. on CBS Sports. That's the U21. Uh,
Kits in the USA at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1 and some Challenge Cup matchups. Portland Thorns, OL Rain, Angel City, San Diego Wave. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, Mike and Jenny. Nico's not okay. I don't think Nico's going to make it. We hope he makes it for the show tomorrow. Bye. See you later.